and welcome to Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General podcast. My name is Al Seeger. I am the mind behind the madness at Point of Insanity Game Studio, and I'd like to welcome you to Episode Zero. The uh, reason I'm calling this Episode Zero is not really too specific of a topic. Just going to introduce myself and tell you a little bit about what I hope to do with this podcast and talk a little bit about how I came to become a game publisher. Now first, the purpose of this podcast is just to hopefully entertain you and maybe be a little thought-provoking every now and then as I discuss topics related to, well, things that might be of interest to people who call themselves geeks. And I mean geek isn't a good thing, not a bad thing. Uh, topics I might discuss on this show include, of course, role-playing games, also maybe board games, movies, TV shows, video games, computers. Like I said, anything that those of us who consider ourselves geeks might find interesting. Now, it's not always going to be just me on this show. I do have a very good friend of mine, uh, Steve. We've known each other uh, for the vast majority of our life. And he's going to be helping me with most episodes. But every now and then I may have uh, other friends that will also help me out with this podcast as well. Now I'd like to start by talking a little bit about how I came to become interested in role-playing games and how I came to be a self-published role-playing game author. I don't remember the exact year I was introduced to Dungeons and Dragons. Now, actually, let me go back. I don't remember the exact year I was introduced to role-playing games, but Basic Dungeons and Dragons, the red box set, that was my entry into the world of role-playing games. It was the son of a family friend that introduced me to D&D, and I was a few years younger than him. And I remember there were a few times where I would just kind of sit and watch him and his friends play Dungeons and Dragons. And didn't really actually get into playing it very uh, regularly until I was around middle school age. By then, uh, first edition was released and second edition was still fairly new. I actually got into first edition for a first and then a couple years later... Uh, that's when I got into second edition. Well, uh, then, as far as how I came to become a role-playing game author, that started near the... Well, actually, that started pretty young as well. Uh, again, Steve, the guy who will be helping me host many episodes, we used to read a series of books. They were choose-your-own-adventure books. I think the title was called Wizards and Warriors and You. And the plot behind these books is there were two heroes, a wizard and a warrior, that would try to solve some sort of problem at hand. And you got to choose whether you were the wizard or the warrior. Now, in case you're not sure how choose-your-own-adventure books work, you would read a page of text, and it would ask you at the end, what do you want to do? Like, let's say you are in a hallway and you have a choice of going either left or right. Uh, it might say, if you go left, turn to page 42. If you want to go right, turn to page 12. 
and then you would flip to that page, read what happened there, uh, or sometimes, depending on the book, it might uh, you might have different outcomes based on what things you have done, like if, uh, let's say you were chose to kill a prisoner rather than spare him, there might be an option, if you killed the prisoner, go to this page, if you spared him, go to this page. And the setting for or the world for this book series was called Silvergate. And uh, Steve and I, we did try to design our own games uh, based around Silvergate. Wasn't technically a role-playing game. We really didn't have much in the way of rules. It was more like we were just trying to find ways to do the choose-your-own-adventure books without actually going through the books. But it was still kind of fun for the time. Well, near the end of high school, a friend of mine, Gino, he had an idea. He wanted to start creating a role-playing game. So I helped him, and we started developing a game called Demon's Lair. Eventually, our friend Dave joined us, and a few years later, we were joined by our friend Dan. Uh, we uh, created a company called Lasalian Games, and if my memory serves me correctly, I believe we became an official company in, I think it was 95 or 96, uh, and then that's when we started, you know, again, creating our own books, and uh, we went to conventions, gave demos at hobby stores when we could. Unfortunately, Lasalian Games uh, didn't last forever. I left the company in 2003, and the company folded in 2004. Uh, it's not really going to get into why it folded, but the one of the main reasons I left was it was becoming an expensive hobby. Now, don't get me wrong, I enjoy designing role-playing games. I enjoyed giving demos, meeting fans, and uh, telling people about our product. Unfortunately, it just wasn't really bringing in money. As I said, it became an expensive hobby where I was dumping more money into the company than we were actually getting back. So that was one of the reasons I left, and I suspect that's one of the reasons why the company eventually folded as well. We did have a small but pretty devoted following. We did have a lot of people who would look for us when we were at Gen Con, way back when it was in Milwaukee, before it moved out to uh, Indianapolis. And we had people who would, you know, would post on our uh, mailing list that we had created, and we wrote regular articles for our website that we had. So, like I said, it was a lot of fun. Just unfortunately, I just couldn't afford to uh, dump money into a company that wasn't, you know, wasn't really giving me any return. So this brings us now to 2004. This is where I started developing my own role-playing games on my own. Uh, the first game I developed on my own was called MADS, uh, which is sh short for Mental, Attack, Defense, and Skill. And it was actually the breakup of Lasalian Games that inspired me to start making this game. Now, in case you haven't played MADS, uh, or haven't heard about it, the premise behind MADS, it's a character conversion system. And so let's say that you've got a group where one person wants to play basic Dungeons and Dragons, one person wants to play 5th edition D&D, one person wants to play Vampire, 
one person wants to play Demon's Lair, and someone else wants to play a game that's obscure and been on a print for 15 years. Well, by using the rules in the MADS system, you all convert them into the same system, MADS, so they can adventure with together, or beat the snot out of each other, whatever you prefer. Uh, originally, I just kind of put it on a GeoCities website and just let people download it, but that began to change when I discovered something called print-on-demand. Uh, that's where I signed up for a, I set up a store on lulu.com, and that's where I started marketing my uh, Mads role-playing game. Uh, one of the other things that really helped when I was first starting to do this is when I discovered something called royalty-free stock art. And uh, when I started going to drive through RPG, RPG Now, uh, they're the same website. They're uh, under a company called One Bookshelf. But I discovered the, like I said, there were companies that would produce packets of stock art that anyone could buy and use in any products that they wanted. Well, some did have limitations, but for the most part, they're pretty reasonable. Now, this was a huge boon for me uh, because one of the things that was really expensive about uh, when we the Lasalian Games days is this was before print-on-demand and online PDF sales. So whenever we needed to create a run of books, well, we would have to go to the printers. Actually, let me back up a little bit. Before we did that, we actually made the books ourselves. We bought a comb binder, a laminator, and I dumped like 800 some dollars into uh, what was a pretty good printer for those days. So whenever someone wanted to order a book or we were going to conventions or a demo, we would print up a bunch of books, laminate the covers, and bind them ourselves. And back then we didn't have artwork, so they were probably some of the god-ugliest products in the history of role-playing games. Well, they did sell, though. Some people did like the comb binding. Uh, one of the biggest compliments I heard is that they were a little more durable than uh, perfect binding. And another thing that some of the game masters liked is they could lie flat. Or you could fold the uh, cover and back. You could fold a page and back of another, kind of like you can do with a spiral notebook. Eventually, we did get artwork. Uh, a lot of our early artwork was contracted by a fellow named uh, Jason Walton uh, in Canada. And there was a local um, artist. His first name is was Zach. I don't remember his last name, but I know it began with a Z. Uh, he actually played in a local thrash metal band in Milwaukee called New Society of Anarchists. I actually picked up a couple of their CDs. Pretty good if you uh, are into thrash metal. Uh, so check them out if you can. I'm not sure if they're still around. But Zach and uh, Jason provided um, all of our early artwork. It worked, but you know they were very expensive because they would uh, provide artwork that was specific to our game system. So when you are making a game and you do have you know unique character classes, you need someone who's going to make custom artwork. Because uh, if you want to make a game with elves and orcs and dwarves, again, you can find that kind of stuff on royalty-free stock art pretty easily. But let's say, just as a theoretical situation, let's say you create a race of four-armed cat people. 
probably not going to find that in your royalty-free stock art collection, so that's when you got to start contracting the artwork. And it does have its advantages, but it can get expensive. So that's why I was really glad to discover royalty-free stock art, because I could get usually anywhere from about 5 to 10 images for about $10. So greatly uh, decreased the artwork cost. As I also mentioned, uh, print-on-demand was very good as well, because when we, back in the Salient Games days, when we moved from the spiral-bound books to the perfect bound, we couldn't do that ourselves. So we would have to uh, go to a local small printer and do a print run. And now of course, that gets expensive because they require a minimum number of books. And not only that, the main disadvantage is if you don't sell any of those books, well, then you're pretty much out money. And uh, that's what pretty much happened after Lasalian Games closed. We had a stock of, of various books that didn't sell. So we pretty much divided it among ourselves. And actually, one thing that has surprised me is every now and then I do get a contact from someone who does ask if I have any uh, old Lasalian Games uh, products lying around. Uh, unfortunately, I do not, or I'm pretty sure I do not have any spares right now. Um, so uh, don't ask. <laughs> um, I've got my personal copies I keep, but unfortunately I don't have the any extras that I can sell. But like I said, that's not well on the past. Let's fast forward to the future. And after Lasalian Games folded, again, that's when I started to discover print-on-demand, online PDF sales, and royalty-free stock art. Now, these th three things were instrumental in getting me back into publishing role-playing games again. So uh, that is pretty much a very brief uh, history of how I got here. Um, maybe I'll might talk a little bit more about different uh, topics related to my history as a role-playing game publisher in the future. But for now, I'd like to thank you for listening. Again, I do hope that you enjoyed listening to me talk and uh, in the future, I'll have some guests. Again, my friend Steve, who's going to be co-hosting with me, and hopefully we'll keep you entertained for a few minutes out of your day. So feel free to visit point my website, poigamestudio.com. Um, also, you can look up Point of Insanity Game Studio on Facebook. Uh, please feel free to like the page. And happy gaming, and have a good night, or morning, or day, or whatever it is, wherever you are.